Hey folks, Dan once again with Holy Spirit Soapbox, and here we go. This is the part three of our identity series, and it is how God sees you. Now, we've gone over a couple things, a lot of things over the past couple weeks, and this was huge. When I first got this on my heart from the Spirit, I was like, I almost fell out of my chair. I'm not even kidding. I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Here we go. The past few weeks, right? We talked about the crisis that we're in and we didn't know, we had to ask ourselves who we are. Like, who am I? Who are you? And then the next week we talked about who we really are. Now, how does that translate to everyday life? And what do we look like when we're not in costume that costume that like we like to put on all the time the one that I put on when I was going through my stuff with Stacy I put this costume on I was like well this is me now you know this is me and it never was me and I never wanted to take off that costume and then we do this all the time by saying no this is who I am and then we we put this costume on like I'm an entrepreneur right this is I'm a business owner I'm a husband first I'm a parent first I'm a child first I'm a and we I can keep going on and on about that and we put these roles on as I, identifying factors like that this role that we have is my identity and why it's dangerous is because when we put on a role right we put this role on this costume on and we don't want to take it off, well, you know what? A lot of the times, that role is worldly to help progress the kingdom of God forward to the eternal, to help us be sanctified and get ready for glorification when all things are made new. That is why we have roles. It's not for you. It's for God. And yes, can we enjoy the roles? Of course. But they're made for God. And so were we as people. But our roles and identity are two different things. Now, I want to bring up the scariest, one of the scariest verses in the Bible. Yes, scariest verses in the Bible. This is one of them, if not the. And it states, states this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. So if you have your Bible and it's safe to do so, read along with me. I'm in the NIV again. Matthew 7, 21 to 23 says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Verse 23, here it is. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Wow. <laughs> This one hits hard. This one hits hard. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, evildoers. But they all said, no, Lord, Lord. And we cast out demons and we did all these things. I didn't know you away from me. Oh, the fact that people are prophesying, right? And driving out demons and performing many miracles in Jesus's name but Jesus doesn't know them, scares me. <laughs> that scares me. Does it scare you? Scares me. It also implies that those miracles actually happen. Like people did prophesy and they were probably correct. They drove out demons and they probably did. And they performed many miracles in Jesus' name. Right? But And, and they happened. 
But he's still like, nah, I don't know you though. What? This one, this one I had to meditate on. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks because the Holy Spirit threw the ton of bricks at me. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that. But he told me this. He was like, well, okay, here we go. Ready? The first question I had was, why would God allow those miracles to happen? Well, why did he allow prophesying? Why did he allow driving out of demons? And why did he allow performing of miracles? Well, ultimately, he allowed them to happen because he used those miracles to glorify him and possibly to show someone someone else who's like, for example, sick to be made well so they can now go and work with God because of their faith. I don't know. I don't know. Or it could be because someone else's faith grew because of that miracle and will now want to know God and they will find their identity in him. I don't know. Again, right? We don't know why those miracles and things happen, but that was the first question I had. The second thing is, wait a minute, doesn't God know everything? Isn't he all-knowing? How does he not know these people? How does he say, I never knew you? He's God. He knows everything. Okay, you ready for this? The word, ginosiko, which is used for know here, also means recognize. It means recognize. It actually does not mean know per se. It means recognize. We'll get to this in a second, right? But let's look at James Chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, I'm in the NIV, James 1, 22 to 25 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Okay, I can't sum up any better than what we're saying here than than Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, he's from the 19th century, right in the 1800s. He was a theologian and he says this, this is, this is awesome. The glass of the word is not like our ordinary looking glass, which merely shows us our external features. But according to the Greek of our text, the man sees in it the face of his birth. That is the face of his nature. He that reads and hears the word may, may see not only his actions there, but his motives, his desires, his inward condition. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. When you're looking in a mirror, you're seeing who you really are. Like you ha- you have your features, your face, and your skin, whatever it is, right? But then when you walk away and you basically take on a different identity, that's not who you were in that mirror. When you're looking into the mirror, what Charles Spurgeon is even saying here is that it doesn't just show us our external features, but according to the Greek of our text, the man that sees in it the face of his birth the face of his nature, his very nature. And he that reads and hears the word may see not only his actions there, but his motives, his desires, his inward condition. What is in the heart is what he's saying. When you go out after looking at yourself in the mirror, what James is saying, what looking at yourself in the mirror, and then you go out and do not even following the law, following the word, not following Jesus Christ that you say you are. I'm a Christ follower. And then you walk away and you don't do any of that stuff. It tells you where your motives, your desires, and your inward condition is. It tells you where all those things are. 
Now, when we decide to focus on self versus God, God now doesn't recognize us in that way. He created us in his image. When we stray from his image, we, when we alter our identity in him, when we say, no, I'm not really in him, and I put my identity in, in a role or something else, he's almost like, you're not who I remember. And I think back to what Stacy said to me when I went through my issues, these issues. This is not the person you used to be. You're not the man you used to be. I don't recall you being like this. It's like I don't even know you. When I when I when all this stuff started coming together, I was like, oh my gosh. And I hope the past two weeks have been really fruitful for you. They've been really, really great to hear and really eye-opening for you. But I really hope that this is eye-opening for you. Because it was very eye-opening for me. Jesus says. Away from me, you evildoer. I don't know you. That is scary. That is scary. That It doesn't sound like whoever he's talking to is going to make it into his kingdom. Right? He's like, this isn't what you were all created to do. And even though you people are doing miracles in my name, you're not the person I knew. You're not the person I know or knew where you're giving me your whole heart. And the Pharisees and Sadducees Jesus was talking to here were leading people away from God, not towards God. So they weren't doing the will of the Father. God does know you better than you know yourself. He does know. He is all-knowing. He knows how many hairs are on your head at any given moment. That's what it says in Luke 12, 7. But what Jesus is saying here is he, he doesn't recognize you. Because it's just a shell or a costume that you're wearing. Like if I was to go up to anybody, like if I was a, it sounds awful, like if I was to surprise my son, right? And I dressed in a costume where he really cannot tell who I am. He's not going to know who I am. He's going to be like, I don't know you. He might get scared. Or he might be like, no, get away from me. Even if you're an actor, and we're not all actors. I'm really not an actor. I was just on a show, like as a background guy. I was just kind of walking around, right? Even if you're an actor, we're not supposed to be in costume all the time. Who you are behind closed doors might not even be you, okay? Especially if you told yourself, this is who I am, over and over and over and over and over again, and it's not the identity of being in Christ. You can start to believe the costume is you, you can start to get used to wearing that costume all the time. You could be like, like again, children, they say, oh, for Halloween or something, if you celebrate it, I'm going to be Batman. They believe that they're Batman. They are not Batman. <laughs> they're not Batman, right? You know who they are at their core. You're like, that is a child. That's like a four-year-old kid or a 10-year-old kid or whatever. That is not Batman. But they firmly believe they're Batman. Sometimes they firmly believe it so much that they continuously wear the costume every single day. And you're like, I can take off the costume. It's getting smelly now. Like, come on. You know, right? I mean, this is, this is huge. Do you want to be recognized by Jesus or no? Ask yourself that question. That's not one of your questions. But do you want to be recognized by Jesus? And when it all comes down to it, when, it's, when you're standing in front, of the in, in front of judgment, right? And you're... You're standing face to face with him and you're looking at him. And he goes, I don't know you. How would that feel to you? That would break my heart. There would be weeping and gnashing of teeth in, in my teeth. My teeth would be gnashing and I would be weeping. I would not. I would be awful. 
Would it be like that for you? Now, Paul consistently identifies himself as in Christ. And I like how he sums up what in Christ means in Ephesians chapter 4, 22 to 24. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, 22 to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Simply put, we have God the Father and Creator, Jesus the perfect image of God in the flesh, and the Spirit that worked in all ways since the beginning and continuously to create the works and the knowledge of what good really looks like. We are to represent that. And I will end this very bluntly. If we all start to identify in Christ and seek the kingdom first, the things that are eternal, we will start to see what heaven is like. Instead of causing division, we'll be united in Christ. Instead of us finding ourselves and trying to identify and who am I and all these things, we'll know exactly who we are and where we fit in. And just like us parents, if you're a parent, we see our children as babies still, right? I do all the time. I don't care if my child is going to be, he's going, hopefully, God willing, he and she are 20, 30, 40 years old, and I'm here to see that. Doesn't matter. We're going to see them as babies still. We see them how they came out, almost seeming pure and innocent. They're not, but pure, innocent, and dependent on us. Even if, if they're in their, like I said, teens, 20s, it doesn't matter. That's how we always see them. We, we still see our children like this. This is how God sees us. Pure, innocent, and fully trusting and dependent on him because of Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Lord. Jesus the Savior. That's how he sees us. He sees us. And that's why he says to be childlike. He's like, no, I know who you are. I do know who you are. Do you? Because you got that funny Batman costume on again and you think you're Batman. Oh boy, that's funny. But you know what? Don't be wearing that Batman costume saying that you're you're fully reliant, you're an eternal being in me and going casting all these demons out and, and saying all these things as the Batman, but in my name. Because that is not who you are. Just because you do does not mean that you fully believe that's who you are at your heart. At the deepest point in your heart. That is who you are. Your deepest root is in me. You were made to be for me. You were made to be with me. You were made to be eternal. And that is who you are forever. Do you accept that? Yes or no? Now I have another verse for you. I'm giving you a lot of verses in this one, okay? The first two episodes, I only gave you one each, okay? Because I wanted, I, I heard from the Spirit. I, I felt from the Spirit. It was put on my heart to be like, first, in episode one, what's the root? What is the root made in God's image? Episode two, who, who are you? Who are we supposed to be? What is your true identity? It's going back to that root. We are new creations in Christ. 
What, what role does Christ play in all this? And now in the, this final episode, I want you to really hone in on your identity. And here we go. It's Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29. Galatians 3, 26 to 29 says this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed, clothed yourself with Christ. Interesting. Let me stop for a second. Clothed, clothed, I can't say that for some reason, yourselves with Christ. Remember that Batman costume we're talking about? That role costume that you keep putting on? No, no, no. At your deepest core, you're in, you're in God, you're in Christ, and you are, you're clothing that new role, that costume you should put on is still in Christ. Okay, let's keep going. 28, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Boom, that's it. Thank you, Paul. It's pretty self-explanatory. They all thought that if you weren't from some sort of lineage of Abraham, then you weren't included in the kingdom of heaven. Whoops, <laughs> that's not true. This was never the case. We we're all from Adam and Eve, first of all, and we were meant to be fully trusting in God in the Garden of Eden. We are all in Christ Jesus and in, king, in the king's bloodline, in the king's bloodline when we accept Christ. This is who we are. This is who we always will be. And it says, oh, nor is, nor is there male and female, nor slave, nor free. And I know people might take this as a gender or sex thing. That is not the point of what Paul is saying here. The male and female, there's no male and female. What he's saying here is that there's no means of dividing and setting that role for myself. I'd say, well, yeah, of course I'm like that because I'm a man. You know, well, typical man, I do this or typical woman does this. That's what he's trying to get across. He's not saying, oh, there's no such thing as gender and sex. No, that's not what he's trying to get across. Don't get caught up on these things, right? We have to realize that once we're baptized into Christ, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we are now in Christ. There's no confusion and no need to even identify yourself any other way. Now, here is your final question, okay? And it's broken out a few ways because it has to go a few ways. But here we go. Ready? Here's your question. Look at your answer from the first episode of what is your identity? Has this changed? Now, that's a yes or no question, okay? If yes, what did it change to and why? And we would love to hear your feedback on this. If your identity has now changed, let us know. I want to know what it was and what it is now. If no, and it's not in Christ, why did it not change? And if you still answered no to what is your identity, and it is in Christ, how does your identity now reflect outwardly? I want to thank you once again. This was huge. We were setting this up because I think, especially at this episode, oh my gosh, uh, we want the world to understand who they are. God wants you to know who you are. He made you in this way, in his image. Don't forget that. He made you to be eternal. So I want to pray over everybody right now. If you could take your prayer posture, please do. And again, go spread the gospel of Christ. Please. 
Go tell people about Jesus the Christ. Spread the good news of everybody can have this identity. If you're lost, if you don't know where you are, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what your identity is, you found it in Jesus Christ. And everybody, everybody can find it in Jesus Christ. Now let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for completing us, for giving us the ability to know who we are, and we want you to know us. We don't want to have the costume of these roles or these self-made identities anymore. We don't want that anymore. We would toss those out. We'll take those costumes off and we'll throw them in the garbage. They're not for us anymore. You have always been for us. You love us so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross and then resurrect so that we are totally eternal once again. That we can go right back. We'd be reborn. Go back to our original formation, our original creation. And we are new, made new again. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. And I pray that everybody hears this and everybody starts putting their identity in you, including myself when I find myself in a different role. When I find myself identifying in a different role. I pray for everybody listening, everybody that's going to listen. Lord, Father in heaven, thank you. I thank you so much. And I pray for everybody that listens in the Holy Spirit soapbox, and everybody that loves you or does not love you, I pray that they start. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>